Um, thank you all for, for coming this evening um, to the face-to-face -face talk about Richard Amsel's poster of Bed Midler. Uh, there really seem to be two sides to Bed Midler. On stage, she's this loud and sassy character, while off stage, she's a little more quiet and reserved. But still, she's known for her sensational voice and her sort of off-color humor. Uh, body jokes and, and humor have always been in her acts ever since uh, she was entertaining at nightclubs and in uh, gay bathhouses in New York City in the 1960s. She originally moved to New York City to uh, pursue acting, and she'd moved there from her birthplace in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, and she started taking acting classes, and she was working at a department store selling gloves, of all things. Um, and she wasn't really enjoying that very much. Uh, but with her acting class, she got her first big break, uh, when she was cast as the understudy to the role of the, um, uh, the eldest daughter in Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, but she wasn't completely satisfied with uh, the sort of Broadway life and I think all the politics involved, and neither was one of her castmates who had told her that uh, what she would do to sort of get out all of her frustration was to go to these nightclubs on open mic night and just sing on stage in front of everyone. And so that's what Bette did. And in a later interview, she remembers that she felt as though she had a transformation on stage. And from then on, she was just really hooked in, in entertaining and uh, you know, in sort of small, intimate audiences. Uh, Steve Ostro, who was the owner of the Continental Baths, uh, saw Bette's performance at one of these nightclubs, uh, where she was actually accompanied by uh, a young musician named Barry Manilow at the time. Uh, and Steve Ostro hired her to uh, be the entertainment at his nightclub, the Continental Baths, which really wasn't the most wholesome nightclub. Um, it was open 24 hours a day. It had a, a pool and a sauna, um, baths, <laughs> and uh, it attracted uh, New York City's gay community. And it was open exclusively to men, except for Saturday nights when they'd allow women uh, in for the entertainment. And Bette became a huge success there. Um, and this is around the time when she started developing her onstage persona, the Divine Miss M. Uh, Bette would wear these thrift store velvet ball gowns. And you can imagine, I mean, how hot that would get. Literally, you're, you know, she was performing in a sauna. And she'd wear these velvet ball gowns. And then sometimes she'd wear you know, black lace corsets and, and gold lame pedal pushers. And since it was the 70s, uh, platform shoes. And uh, she really had this, this sort of vivacious personality, um, along with her backup trio, who were called the Harlettes. Uh, and they would wear uh, these little cocktail dresses, and she and the Harlettes would have this sort of banter back and forth, and uh, they, really, they had really good onstage antics. So Bette was at the Baths for a couple of years, and uh, in 1970, she auditioned to be on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Uh, and on Johnny Carson's show, she sang Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Uh, try saying that five times fast. Um, and uh, this was a huge step in her career because she was exposed to a national audience and, and people just loved her. And it's, it's interesting to look back at that, uh, first, that her first performance on uh, Johnny Carson's show because he, um, he tells her after her performance that she's really gonna go places and that she's, she's gonna be a big hit someday. And Bette is so modest and she just says, oh, you know, Mr. Carson, you're so nice, but 
you know, I don't think so. And I mean, look at her today. So, um, I mean, he really had a lot of foresight and he supported her career. Uh, and she went back on his show a number of times. Um, and, and she was also on his uh, final farewell show and she was sort of the, the closing act, uh, if you will. So uh, after Bette was at the Continental Baths for a couple of years, she went on a national 35-city tour for which this poster was made. And she went on this tour in 1973. And uh, she had Amsel, Richard Amsel, design this poster. Uh, and Amsel was discovered by Barry, uh, for, yeah, by Barry Manilow um, when he was still with Bette at the Baths. And uh, Richard Amsel uh, has a back, had a background in um, graphic design, and he got his start doing that when he designed the poster for Hello, Dolly. He had entered into a, a poster design contest in 1968, and um, he, he won. Uh, and then after that, his career really took off, and he designed the posters for... Uh, movies including Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, The Sting, which was the sequel to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, he also designed covers for a TV Guide and numerous albums, and this image of Bette Midler was uh, used for her 1973 tour as well as her 1978 tour and the albums that came out for that year. So this image was really widely used, and it's just such a wonderful, wonderful image of her, and it really just captures you know, I think her, her you know, onstage personalities for the divine Miss M. Uh, so Beth's career uh, really just took off after these tours, and uh, she went back into acting in 1979 when she starred in the film The Rose, uh, for which she was actually nominated in the Academy Award for Best Actress, and she uh, won a Golden Globe for the same category. The, the Rose was uh, loosely based off of Janis Joplin's life, and it was a critically acclaimed film, but what's sort of surprising uh, is that Bette said that she expected to get all these movie roles after her performance in The Rose, but uh, people really, they, they didn't want her in films, and it was because they thought her performance was really more of a fluke rather than actual talent, and people were very skeptical of her acting uh, capabilities. But, I mean, Bette has still gone on to star in, in many films, and she has her own show in Las Vegas now, which runs until uh, 2010, and I've heard it's quite good. Uh, and I guess more sort of contemporary uh, Bette Midler news would be that uh, in 1995, she established a, a nonprofit organization uh, called the New York Restoration Project, um, this is a project that's really near and dear to her heart. She's always had an interest in urban planning. And uh, in an interview with Charlie Rose, he asked her uh, if, if she had not gone into entertainment, what would she have gone into, you know, which field? And she said that she would have been an urban planner, which is, sort of, which is very interesting. Uh, because you know, when she founded this project, uh, she, was just, she said that when, in the 1960s, when she first moved to New York City, she was just appalled with how filthy the city was. And coming from Hawaii, you know, which is lush and green, uh, she just she couldn't stand the, the filth. So uh, with the New York Restoration Project, they uh, find abandoned lots and they clean them and uh, they make them into green and enjoyable public spaces. Uh, and I think, well, one of my favorite quotes uh, of, of Betts is, uh, and, and it relates to her sort of, theory on not only entertainment but the environment is 
you know, we should really get the trash off the streets and back onto the stage where it belongs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I encourage you to uh, look around at, the, at this exhibit. Um, it closes this weekend, so uh, please explore while you can. Um, and also next week, there is another face-to-face -face talk uh, next Thursday at 6 o'clock by Lauren Johnson, and she'll be speaking about a portrait of Maria Callas. So thank you. Thank you.